Are we ready? Have you pressed go on everything you need yeah, to press, press go, go on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to I used to say to the boys, are you ready? And Alfie always used to shout back at me, I was born ready. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> Respectfully podcast. I'm Lauren Stone and I'm Nikki Pope. And today, well, today, Lauren, we have two excellent guests, as all our guests are excellent. We have two ladies joining us. We have Lisa Farrell. She's an award winning session stylist and educator who has made quite a name for herself in the hairdressing industry. As a session stylist, she works with lots of scrummy celebrities and music artists like uh, Ed Sheeran. Who um, name dropping there? I know he's the one that I know, um, and but she also importantly owns her own agency and training academy called Wig London, and their motif is textured neutral. So Lisa does a lot of work with different kinds of hair, whether it's Afro hair or Caucasian hair, um, men, women. It's very sort of um, versatile. So. Her belief is that every stylist should be able to work on every type of hair texture. And most recently, she's come to our attention as the new brand ambassador for Matrix. Yeah, So wow. And we've seen lots of hair. And joining Lisa, we have Ashley Hodges, who is the current chancellor. I've got to get this right, so that's why I'm hesitating. She's the current <laughs> chancellor of the Fellowship for British Hairdressing. Yeah, so that's correct. Very involved in the industry as a whole. She's also taken on a new role relatively recently as a brand ambassador for Davinis, the Italian colour and styling company. And she's particularly interested in sustainability and well-being. So I know that that's a, a particular forte of hers. She's also incredibly creative. So as well as her ambassadorial role for, for a brand, she's director of Hair.com, which is an independent collaboration of, of hair artists who make their hair art team together. So it's very interesting. Wow, two, two very busy ladies. Yeah, they are. I wonder how they're coping in lockdown. I know. Well, interesting <laughs> you should say that because it is Mental Health Awareness Week. Yeah. So we thought it timely to get our guests in and talk particularly about mental health and well-being in the context of being a hairdresser stuck at home in lockdown, whether you're part of a team or a freelancer. Mm, definitely worth a listen. So thanks ladies for joining us because we've got a really interesting topic today. We wanted to talk to you about mental health and mental well-being, which at the moment is very prevalent because we're stuck in our houses in lockdown. I think it's like week seven. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's all taking its toll on everybody, isn't it? So we just kind of wanted to... Yeah, check in and see where we're up to. And I think also this week, at the time we're recording this, we've also got the news that potentially um, and arguably likely we will be prevented from reopening the salons for quite a few more weeks so in that light how is it going so you're looking glorious on screen to both of us so Ashley what's your setup where are you talking to us from where are you locked down hello ladies um thank you so much for having me um I am in my little studio area of my apartment um which was initially meant to be a studio space when we first moved in and then obviously just gradually when you move in it just become different things and because of lockdown I've had to make it my studio and I've had to tidy it up and um, get into gear <laughs> it's lovely so that when I'm creating content it's um it's looking nice on the line on 
on the line. I keep joking about on the line, on the web. Um, on the screen. On the screen, yeah. Brilliant. And are you on your own? Do you Are you living on your own? No, I'm with my partner. He's a hairdresser. Um, and I've told him, so our apartment's one big open space, so I, I've told him to be quiet oh, during no. this time. Yeah. Oh, bless okay. him. He's been <laughs> doing... How's that working with a pair of you just kind of doing your creative things? We, we've been together nearly 10 years this year, um, oh, so okay. we kind of bumble along next to each other absolutely fine. We, we, met, um, we met at an industry event, and we've always worked in different ways with each other so we we kind of get along absolutely fine and we both entertain ourselves individually as well as together so it's perfect that's not too bad you're like i'm going live babe put some trousers on (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's it not that kind of show (laughs) so lisa you're talking to us with a glorious um back background um looking very uh instagram moment there with your purple and and shades of purple roses behind you tell us about your setup so actually this backdrop is what i use for like all of my instagram tvs lives everything but i'm actually at my sister's house so i'm in lockdown with my sister and her three kids um in the midlands so i'm out of london completely out of my comfort zone um but you know it's nice spending time with the family but yeah i've kind of designated this little corner that i can lock off and use (laughs) and i'm like auntie lisa is in this room right now so no one enter so it's not too bad um but it's definitely i think a culture shock mentally physically you know as it is on everyone but yeah i'm not in my own home it's quite a challenge to not have your own things around you and your own space Definitely. I think you're so used. I'm a little bit of a hermit at times. So I like my creature comforts. I'm like a cancer. So I'm like, I like my home to be like this and like that. Um, so yeah, I've adapted really well, but it has been kind of tough. I've got like a suitcase of clothes. So I'm like, keep trying to rework everything and go everything. And then the Tiger King came out. So I was like, damn you, Carol Baskin, because I look <laughs> like you now. Because my entire wardrobe is like leopard print or zebra. And then it's like, so I look like I'm constantly doing a meme, but I'm not, it's just like my suitcase of clothes. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, you know, if you think back now, as, at the time of this conversation, it is a good sort of, probably eight weeks since a lot of us actually last went to an office or uh, or to a salon to work and you think back at that time of preparation I I was obsessively preparing for about two weeks before I don't know I just I was more frightened of the prospect of lockdown than than the reality um, and personally I was extremely unnerved by the the shopping situation you know going through supermarkets and finding them increasingly empty and thinking what the hell is coming um, so I was quite relieved in a way when we got got asked to stay at home. Do you remember how you felt? I was the same as you, Nikki. I was relieved. I think I had, it was about two weeks uh, before the same that as you were saying. I had not long come back from Chicago. Um, and in Chicago, it was kind of like, a, oh, how, how, how's it going to be coming back? Are they going to stick us in a quarantine because we've been on an aeroplane? And thankfully everything was okay and and then it was kind of like coming straight back and into kind of not knowing um and I remember Tom and I went to um the Davines offices to to stock up on color and blockheads and things knowing that it was going to be inevitable at some point and and I remember just thinking this is like a sci-fi film because there was nobody in the offices and everything's kind of sustainable so the lights 
are only on if you're in a room. So you'd go into a room and then the next room and then the lights would turn off and you were in this kind of empty office building. It was very creepy. And Lisa, so work-wise, Lisa, do you have, did you have to prepare much, you know, with sort of various clients that you've had? Did you have to start cancelling things or, you know, did it seem to come slowly or was it like a buff? Where's this from? Well, I kind of had a really different experience because I was working right up until we kind of couldn't. And then that's when I came over to see my family. And I remember I was on a campaign shoot and I was there. And the thing is, with session work, a lot of the times you are in a little dark studio, not really seeing anyone else other than each other. So it was like completely normal. And I remember coming outside and the cars were waiting. And I was like, oh, Covent Garden's like really quiet. We were shooting in Covent Garden. And I was like, Covent Garden is really quiet. But like, it was just like maybe it was 5 a.m. in the morning. That's what it felt like. But it wasn't, it was bare. And then I remember talking to my taxi driver and I was like, should I maybe start stocking up now? And I remember we were all kind of talking on the shoot and we were like, oh my God, maybe we should just go and like one of the directors was like, I'm like I think I need to like get nappies and stuff. And we, we yeah. just wasn't really taking it, not, not taking it seriously as in we didn't yeah, think it yeah. was going to happen, but we wasn't sure if lockdown was happening. There was no mm. guidance there. It was kind of, will it happen, won't it happen? So yeah. it was like a, a real big shock, to be honest. I'm still yeah. in shock now. I'm kind of like, is this really happening? Because yeah. as a session stylist, you, you're, you're kind of isolated a lot anyway because you're not, you know, part of a big team. You're not going to a salon every day. Ashley, is there something that you've been like majorly surprised by or, or thankful for thinking thank god i'd done that or thank you know something that's that you hadn't perhaps expected in as much as we expected um, anything <laughs> um i think the one thing i think that's kept me quite sane and and i and i never expected this my my parents are always the type of people that can't start their day without having a cup of tea and i've never been like that because i don't drink caffeine so i've never needed like to kick start my day in that way um but the one thing that actually, and it was in the first week of isolation, it was my mother-in-law had a big talk to me about how much I needed to be getting vitamin D at this time and trying to look after me. So Matt and I started having a cup of tea on the balcony every morning. Um, so I'll sit in my, like, my egg chair on the balcony with a herbal tea and just start in the morning in a very relaxed, easy way, not in a, oh my God, I need to answer all these emails or I need to be speaking to this person or doing this, which is normally how I do it. I would normally get up and go on my phone instantly, which, which I still do to a certain degree, but just having a slower pace morning brings a yeah. bit of gratitude into my day. And, and I think that's, yeah, it's just a nice little thing that we do. And if, if we've not done it, I've actually ended up apologising that we've not done it because I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry we didn't do that this morning. I ha ended up having to do this. And, and I'm yeah. almost, almost apologising to myself as much as Matt. Yeah, for doing it. Yeah. Do you have any little rituals or things that are helping you? Are you able to do that, Lisa, where you are with, the, with your sister's um, family? Yeah, I mean, I meditate in the morning before I get up. Um, my sister's got like two little ones and a teenager. So if they're up, I kind of get up with them. But I found it really important to put some structure in place because it's really easy to make your bed your office and then just yeah. not get out of bed and, you know, not shower and not do all this. And it's so intimidating online where you're just kind of like, oh, my God, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Everyone's doing this and everyone's doing that. And I think I've just been able to give myself um, a little bit of going, OK, it's actually fine if you don't want to do anything today. That's mm -hmm. really important. And that's absolutely cool. 
what I've tried to do is just kind of start it off. I meditate in the morning for 10 minutes and then that's it. I'm good to go for the rest of the day. But just trying to keep some structure there because as you know, you probably know as well, Ashley, like when, you're, when you work for yourself, you're constantly, you don't turn off. You don't have nine till five. You don't, you yeah. know, you're constantly having to check your emails, get back to people and you've got no excuse now. You can't say I'm busy on a shoot and, you know, it's okay to say I'm busy because I'm looking after myself today. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I'm going to take away from this because I'm a sucker for never saying no. I'm always like, yes, 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 yes. And I'm yeah. always available. You've and got we to can't make boundaries. excuses now. Yeah, yeah. boundaries yeah. are so important. I think so. I think, um, again, you know, I felt I was really surprised by how much people were doing very quickly. You know, that first week, the Instagram was just like red hot with people doing lives and doing education and being very positive. But... I don't know about you, I felt that quite overwhelming. I felt like, oh my God, there's just so much. And then then it was even harder to put boundaries in place. You felt like every hour of the day you should be listening into this live and tuning into that live and responding to this and working. So I found that personally very overwhelming. And the lives were so overwhelming. Every time you turned your phone on, don't get me wrong, it's a great thing. And I think a lot of people do lives for themselves as well as other people. But sometimes you would click in and it's almost like you're at a party that you don't want someone to see that you're at. So you'd pop in and someone would say hi. And you're like, ah, I didn't want to be in here. I didn't want you to see that I was here because I'm just going to leave now. And now I feel like I can't leave. This is awkward. So then I would like go in the garden, do a bit of exercise and just leave my phone on live. So it didn't look like I was being rude. Like, who does that? And I was I'll, I'll let you into a secret, Lisa. They, don't, they can see you arrive, but they can't see you leave. So you can have oh, good. It doesn't say you've now left this conversation. So you're okay there. Oh, Lisa okay. So left. People start interacting and you're just like, ah. I just wanted to poke my head in and pop back out. I know. It's really difficult. So, Lauren, you're the one with your own, living with your own children, um, young children. What's what's keeping you together? If that's not really together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think you're right, actually. I think the 9.30 meetings with all our team... It, it gives me something to focus for. It gives me something to work towards. Like my little boy, he's only in reception. So obviously the schoolwork's not very, t- you know, taxing. But he likes to get get up and get his little bit of work done. So we do that. And then we do that before my call in the morning with like Nikki and the team. Um, and that kind of sets us up for the morning. So after that, I'm kind of, I feel like it's free. I feel like I've, you know, done my yeah. things. And then I have, you know, we've scheduled it out. So I... Uh, you know do my call have a bit of time with the kids go into the office and do a bit of work and then have a bit more time with the kids and I feel like that structure is the thing that keeps me yeah. going I find the weekends harder than the weekdays because I feel we're all kind of sitting around in our pajamas and you know no one's yeah. really got any kind of structure to their day it is mind you it's probably good that the weekend is a bit different you need to yeah no definitely you know mark each week yeah. I'm very um oh, I'm so pleased for myself that I'm not on my own I've got yeah big, big children in my house teenagers who've who've kind of decided that they'll just be up when we're in bed and then <laughs> so my my two get up about four in the afternoon and go to bed about five in the morning and um, so <laughs> that's kind of solving that way of living together but I'm very mindful of people living on their own I think it must mm. be you know there's been a lot of uh, talk about elderly people living on their own but I'm very conscious that there will be a lot of people a lot of hairdressers people in teams um you know and I, I really hope that any team leaders and managers are aware of people's living circumstances and you know and that if there's somebody in your team that you think might live on their own even if you're not sure just try and check in with them and 
even you know it's, you can have zoom meetings and pretty much every salon i've spoken to is, is having regular meetings probably not every day but gatherings but i think you also need to be aware that in a group meeting on zoom or whatever your chosen platform is people might not feel able to say if they're feeling a bit yeah. lonely or a bit down so i really hope that people are thinking to check in on people hairdressers are such sociable creatures aren't we so we really thrive off of you know each other and interaction so yeah i do know a few people that are on their own and they they as well they're like actually i just can't respond to these voice notes and these voice Mm. calls anymore because i'm just finding it all overwhelming um so yeah it is really tough yeah. I think there's quite a lot of pressure as well on stylists at the moment, especially the, there's a lot of stuff in the media at the moment about freelance stylists, you know, clients approaching them, asking if they're able to work. You know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have got your own um, pressures as well. You know, obviously things with the fellowship, I'm sure your brands are still wanting you to work and do things like that. How do you kind of cope with that? And, you know, what do you think about that? I think, um, I think Lisa said it perfectly earlier about kind of, giving yourself boundaries and when when to say no and when to say yes and understanding what what's right for you um yeah. I think it's it's something actually even before this it's something that I've been trying to put in place for the last couple of years um and and it is it's such a hard thing and for me I always kind of think is it is it going to serve me is it something I actually want to do is it something that an hour before I'm going to go oh why have I said I'd do this yeah. type of thing like um, before all of this, I used to think if if I don't want to do it the day before, then I'm not going to actually want to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the whole thing. I think for me, like the fellowship stuff and the stuff of Davines, we'd kind of put a guideline in place of when I was going to be doing it. And we'd already set them boundaries of what was going on. I think it's all the extra stuff um, that's being asked by so many other parts of the industry being asked to take have photos with different pieces of paper or do different videos and things like that which I think is highly important for us to be doing right now but so I've set myself boundaries of like okay so the days that I go live are the days that I will prepare myself put makeup on and and present myself the way the industry is to see me um and then the days that I'm not they're going to be my normal admin days and all of that sort of thing and yeah and if if I'm asked to do anything I will say I will be able to do them for you on these days and if yeah. that's not going to work then then it won't get done I sort don't. of thing and Lisa it must have been quite stressful for you or maybe not because you were announced as a new ambassador for Matrix since this lockdown happened so clearly you knew it was going to happen <laughs> but does that mean you're working for a new set of people or did you know them really well because it must be quite hard to be distanced from people if you don't know them that well and still be working with them yeah well I've been familiar with the, the team for quite a while and we had had some conversations previously um but to, for me I, at the start of it I was kind of I had imposter syndrome because I was kind of <laughs> like it's really amazing everyone's saying congratulations but I don't feel like I'm going out and I'm actually doing anything yeah so I kind of had this like yeah I had this like fake phobia of going oh my god like but I'm not actually doing anything yeah. so then I was like oh my god so we had this like meeting and um I started Instagram TV with them um, and I'm doing like real talks with Lisa so I do that once a week on a Thursday and that's just really talking to other hairdressers being a voice for like the independence and talking about issues that are going on and just being like really real and being a voice for people mm-hmm. um, and addressing any issues so that's been really good and it's like Ashley said like that's 
like my one reason a week to like put makeup on and you know sit in front of a camera and yeah. it's nice to have that and I think it's kind of been a bit of a blessing really because I'm so used to like running from shoot to shoot to place to place training teaching on a flight and all of a sudden when you stop you're like, oh my God, what do I do now that I've stopped? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. nice that I've got that once a week, really, because it gives me that routine of going, okay, work mode, that's what I'm going to do, and it's nice. But without that, I think I'd be a little bit of a lost chicken because I yeah. do submerge myself in work in everything that I do so much. Mm. Yeah. What sort of things are you hearing people say that really worry them or, or seem to weigh down? I think it's a really interesting one because I feel like, in, in some respects, the industries come together massively to support each other right now. But then I feel like as, as it's progressing, and I think this week in particular with the announcement and everything, there's almost like little tribes that have now disconnected themselves out. And there's little groups now. Or I was speaking to someone else and they'd like DM'd me and be like, oh, it's really nice to kind of see you on my team. And it's almost like, everyone is seeing what people are putting out there and going okay yeah. so they're part of my team and yeah okay I, yeah. They're, they're, that's how they are but I think there's such a I think this week in particular with going back to salons there's a divide with people really wanting to rush back one because they're getting worried about money and two because they're feeling like they need to be back doing what they love and then there's the other people where they're like petrified to be going back right now because of the death tolls still there and and they're fearful for them and their clients and there's like there's little splinters of division that are happening and I'm just hoping that once all that it's just fear once fear kind of calms back down again those cracks can be kind of yeah pushed back together fragmented what do you yeah. feel, Lisa? What What are people saying to you, Lisa? That... Um, I'm getting loads of people that are just really bloody anxious about the online presence, oh. that they should be doing more, that there's so much out there, that they should be creating a persona, they should be online, they need to be creating an Instagram if they haven't had one. I mean, a lot of salons are Facebook-based and not necessarily on Instagram. So there's this massive pressure of feeling like you've got to have an online presence now. And I think that's getting to people a lot. Um, I, I know that that's what people are talking to me about and you know how should I be in front of the camera and what should I do what should I be putting out there um but I think as well it's it's how it's going to actually change the industry completely because we don't really know the guidelines yet you know one client at a time two clients at a time how's that going to affect how many staff you can have in the salon there's a big cloud of uncertainty that I don't think we've got general rules about yet so I think people are really concerned about that and also the demand of how many people are going to want their hair done at the same time and oh my god are they going to now because I can't fit them in go to someone else and then am I going to lose them when everything calms down there's like all of these anxiety and pressures and I think you know it's something that we need to address and talk about as well because it is kind of it is a really tough time and I think for me and a lot of people out there as well, it's going to make not just the hairdressing industry, but every industry rethink about their work-life balance. Do you yeah. really want to work five days a week till eight o'clock at night for a two-day weekend where you're prepping for the next day? I don't think a lot of people are. I think people are going to want to have more time at home and yeah. you know less time at work and try and make that work for them. 
I just wanted to talk as well about um, kind of mental well-being because I know Ashley you are really big into this as well and probably you too Lisa with your meditation how how do you kind of switch off how do you relax what kind of advice can you give to people to kind of you know I think um, yeah I think the biggest thing that I've learned um, with my journey with mental health is to allow it to flow um, and and more so with this as well like there's certain days where you 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 feel worse than others and to not try and make yourself feel better um I think we live in a world where everyone tries to be positive and and that's it's not human to be positive all the time so there's there's certain days where I don't feel like I want to get out of bed so I will just go okay this is how I feel today I'm not going to try and make myself, I'm not going to try and meditate or do yoga or anything in particular to make myself feel better on that day because it's not going to work. I'm just going to allow it to flow. If if it means that I'm just going to read or watch Netflix, then that's what's going to happen and know that the next day I will feel better. And then it's the days that I'm feeling better that I do yoga and that I go for a run or that I'll meditate because the days that I'm feeling good are the days that are going to lift me up and keep me going on the days that I'm not feeling good. Yeah, yeah. good point. Lisa, what's your strategy? Oh, God, why? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, I'm in your club. So that's... <laughs> I, I, I just think, I mean, I am into wellness. I do meditate. I do have all my crystals that I put under the full moon. But I, I think this time has been a massive time for me of self-reflection and looking yeah, within yeah. and thinking about how I'm going to improve. So like we said about putting boundaries in place, you know, yeah, well, we'll have that glass of wine at four o'clock, you know, because I can and I'm probably not going to be able to do that. Um, <laughs> but also, like like Ashley said, like accepting the things that you can't change and feeling them and growing from them like if you want to cry have a cry it's okay i i've had a massive shame about not showing my emotions to anyone or to the outside world and i feel like i'm a bit of a introverted extrovert if that makes sense so i kind of put on this persona to the world but actually i am a little bit of an introvert a bit of a home bod but Although I love a party, everyone sees that side of me. So mm-hmm. it's learning all them sides of myself because I can now. It's yeah. like yeah. sometimes you distract yourself with being busy and with work. And now's the time to really look within, find yeah. out what really and makes to know you how happy you tick. and feel those I, different I, feelings. Uh, yeah, yeah is... I, think, I think that's the thing um, that I've been thinking about is... Is, is the hugging and and, yeah. and just generally touching your clients like yeah. um like being able to put your hand on their shoulder to like comfort them in some way or to congratulate them in some or whatever it is that it we're just very kind of touchable people aren't we yeah, yeah. and um and it's that's what i because because they're there so it's going to be hard not to do that yeah even um, we're taught from you know a very young age and even in hairdressing you know if someone's having a relaxing head massage you don't want to tell them to get up you touch their shoulder you guide them you know all of these natural instincts like well yeah, like, yeah i don't know what's in place now yeah we're gonna to have to replace them with something else aren't mm. we some some other sort of expression that we can try and make meaningful it's really tough one i think about that icebreaker throwing the invisible ball yeah 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 yeah, yeah, definitely (laughs) and I think one of the things that might be helpful is for people to figure out you know what kind of person they are and self-reflection and get to know yourself and for me knowledge is power if I try and unpick what it is that's worrying me I feel better 
um I feel better um sometimes I agree with Ashley just go with the mood sometimes for me it helps to try and break it you know I've I've made myself take up running in this isolation time much to everyone's amusement but actually you just have to know yourself well enough to know is this a day where if I make myself do something it could tip me back into being in a different mood or do I just let it go yeah I have for me knowledge is power the unknown is what I fear more than anything so for me practicing wearing a face mask trying to find out what it's going to feel like or look like or understand regulations is my way of doing things and it might not be the same for everybody I think Mm. it's knowing knowing yourself isn't it yeah it's just having those coping mechanisms in place isn't it to yeah protect yourself yeah and I think at this moment in time it's the best time to get to know yourself and find those little things out about yourself and and trial things like the face masks and because I wore I wear face the face mask now out to go shopping and I hadn't even thought of it but one of the days I was wearing my glasses and they got so steamed up because I was in my face <laughs> mask and I was like oh this is oh. a good thing to re- this is a good thing to realize um before I'm in the salon and I can't see when I'm highlighting or <laughs> whatever it is that I'm up to so yeah it is it's good to utilize this time and and I, I'm the same as you, Nikki. Knowledge is power for me. So the more I know about something, the less fearful it becomes. And I think that's probably why when they did tell us about the lockdown, we felt better about it. And yeah. and a lot of people I know, even though they're upset that they're potentially not going back to work until early July, a lot of people felt better because they just had a date in their head yeah, that they could yeah. work towards. Like As yeah. soon as you start to know more about something, you feel less fearful. Yeah, yeah, that date really helped. I find it very difficult to watch the news for very long, so I choose not to get my news that way, if you like. But I think if you're if you're managing a team or a salon, don't assume that everybody has followed it as assiduously as you have. You know, it's really important to go back to your team and say, this is what's happening, this is what we've been asked to do, this is how I think we can cope with it, you know, and invite questions and encourage people to ask you. Um, and anybody listening to this, I would say, ask the question you know don't sit at home worrying if you're really worried about something and worried about your work situation or how's it going to be ask the question and it might be that you don't get an answer but at least you'll get somebody saying well I don't know either (laughs) so that will help it, it yeah, helps I think to know that other people are confused because there's nothing obvious about what Boris says at all. No. <laughs> it's nice to have that conversation and go, what, you don't get it either? Great. <laughs> yeah, I think communication is the most important thing right now for, for all of us, whether it's to help calm our anxieties or if it's just to help perk you up. Like the communication right now is what's keeping everyone going. Oh gosh, I think we've come to the end of our time, ladies. Yeah, thanks, girls. That was brilliant. It's gone so quickly. I know. It's well, like we're saying, we're proving they're saying it's good to talk and it's and it's good to share. And I do hope that we can take something good out of this for the industry and however shaky it feels in the next few weeks that we, we try and, and resist becoming fragmented and resist um, breaking away into those tribes. I think if anyone can adapt, it's hairdressers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I couldn't have said it better, Lisa. Yeah, I mean, we didn't use foil at one time, and now we're using disposable, decomposable foil. So (laughs) there you are. We're good with that. Lovely. Thank you so much. So thank you to Lisa Farrell and to Ashley Hodges, our guests today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you to Lisa 
and Ashley. That was fantastic having them on to chat to us. Um, don't forget, if you liked what you heard, um, log on to respectyou.me and you'll find all of our podcasts. Um, any of you them that you listen to, don't forget to rate and review us because um, that will help us go up the charts. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.